Hi, this is Noel Serrano with the Gala Lighthouse. Today I want to talk about the laborers in the vineyard. I wish to speak of the Savior's parable in which a householder went out early in the morning to hire laborers. After employing the first group at 6 in the morning, he returned at 9 a.m., at 12 noon, and at 3 p.m. in the afternoon hiring more workers as the urgency of the harvest increased. The scripture says he came back a final time, about the 11th hour, approximately 5 p.m., and hired a concluding number. Then just an hour later, all the workers gathered to receive their day's wages. Surprisingly, all received the same wage in spite of the different hours of labor. Immediately, those hired first were angry, saying, These last have wrought one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. When reading this parable, perhaps you as well as those workers have felt that there was an injustice being done here. Let me speak briefly to that concern. First of all, it is important to note that no one has been treated unfairly here. The first workers agreed to the full wage of the day and they received it. Furthermore, they were, I can only imagine, very grateful to get the work. In the time of the Savior, an average man and his family could not do much more than live on what they made that day. If you didn't work or farm or fish or sell, you didn't you likely didn't eat. With more prospective workers than jobs, these first men chosen were the most fortunate in the entire labor pool that morning. Indeed, if there is any sympathy to be generated, it should be at least initially be for the men not chosen who also had mouths to feed and backs to clothe. Luckily, never seemed to be with some of them. With each visit of the steward throughout the day, they always saw someone else chosen. But just as days close, the householder returns a surprising fifth time with a remarkable 11th hour offer. These last and most discouraged of laborers hearing only that they will be treated fairly, accept work without even knowing the wage, knowing that anything will be better than nothing, which is what they have had so far. Then as they gathered for their payment, they are stunned to receive the same as all of the others. How awestruck they must have been and how very, very grateful. Surely never had such compassion been seen in all their working days. It is with that reading of the story that I feel the grumbling of the first laborers must be seen, as the householder in the parable tells them, and I paraphrase only slightly, my friends. Furthermore, envy is a mistake that just keeps on giving. Obviously, we suffer a little when some misfortune befalls us. 
but envy requires us to suffer all good fortune that befalls everyone that we know. What a bright prospect that is, downing another quart of pickle juice every time anyone around you has a happy moment. To say nothing of the chagrin in the end, when we find that God really is both just and merciful, giving to all who stand with him all that he hath. Second, as the scripture says, so lesson number one from the Lord's vineyard, coveting, pouting, or tearing down others do not elevate your standing, nor does demeaning someone else improve your self-image. So be kind and be grateful that God is kind. It is a happy way to live. A second point I wish to take from this parable is the sorrowful mistake some could make if they were to forego the receipt of their wages at the end of the day because they were preoccupied with perceived problems earlier in the day. It doesn't say here that anyone threw his coin in the householder's face and stormed off penniless, but I suppose one might have. My beloved brothers and sisters, what happened in this story at 9 a.m. or 9 noon or 3 o'clock p.m. is swept up in the grandeur of the universally generous payment at the end of the day. The formula of faith is to hold on, work on, see it through, and let the distress of earlier hours, real or imagined, fall away in the abundance of the final reward. Don't dwell on old issues or grievances, not toward yourself, nor your neighbor, nor even, I might add, toward this true and living church. The majesty of your life of your neighbor's life and of the gospel of Jesus Christ will be made manifest at the last day. Even if such majesty is not always recognized by everyone in the early going. So don't hyperventilate about something that happened at nine in the morning when the grace of God is trying to reward you at six in the evening. Whatever your labor arrangements have been through the day, we consume such precious emotional and spiritual capital, clinging tenaciously to the memory of a discordant note that we struck in a childhood piano recital, or something a spouse said or did 20 years ago that we are determined to hold over his or her head for another 20, or an incident in church history that proved no more or less than the mortals will always struggle to measure up to the immortals' hopes placed before them. Even if one of those grievances did not originate with you, it can end with you. And what a reward there will be for the contribution when the Lord of the vineyard looks you in the eye and accounts are settled at the end of our earthly day. Which leads me to my third and last point. This parable, like all parables, is not really about laborers or wages any more than the others are about sheep and goats. This is the story of God's goodness, his patience and forgiveness, and the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no problem which you cannot overcome. There is no dream that in the unfolding of time and eternity cannot yet be realized. 
Even if you feel you are the lost and the last laborer of the eleventh hour, the Lord of the vineyard still stands beckoning. Come boldly to the throne of grace and fall at the feet of the Holy One of Israel. Come and feast without money and without price at the table of the Lord. I especially make an appeal for husbands and fathers, priesthood bearers, or prospective priesthood bearers. As Lehi said, awake and arise from the dust and be men. Not always, but often it is the men who choose not to answer the call to come join the ranks. Women and children frequently seem more willing. Brethren, step up. Do not delay. Do it for your sake. Do it for the sake of those who love you and are praying that you will respond. Do it for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ who paid an unfathomable price for the future he wants you to have. My beloved brothers and sisters, to those of you who have been blessed by the gospel for many years because you were fortunate enough to find it early, to those of you who have come to the gospel by stages and phases later, and to those of you members and not yet members who may still be hanging back, to each of you and one and all, I testify of the renewing power of God's love and the miracle of His grace. His concern is the faith at which you finally arrive, not the hour of the day in which you got there. So if you have made covenants, keep them. If you have not made them, make them. If you have made them and broken them, repent and repair them. It is never too late so long as the master of the vineyard says there is time. Please listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit telling you right now, this very moment, that you you should accept the atoning gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy the fellowship of his labor. Do not delay. It's getting late. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I pray for each and every one of you. Have a blessed day.